0: Welcome to this episode one bonus of Mission Transition, powering BC's clean energy economy. We're a Sierra Club BC podcast miniseries exploring the transition to the next economy. Hi, I'm Susan Elrington with Sierra Club BC, and in this episode, I bring you my full-length interviews with John and Andrew Wilson, John is the CEO of Wilson Transportation, and Andrew manages the fleet. They're in the process of converting Victoria's old red double-decker buses to electric power. I wanted you to hear more about this project because it's such a good example of what moving to a clean energy economy is all about. You know, for years, visitors and residents alike have loved seeing those old double-deckers on the roads of Victoria, but have hated seeing that dense black diesel smoke and fumes coming out the back of the bus. So Wilson's is taking those buses off the road and replacing them with more modern double-deckers that have better emission standards. John could have stopped there, but instead he committed to the conversion project. Now, by doing that, he's contributing to the clean energy economy. He's gathering expertise, building knowledge. He's hiring local engineers, designers, technicians and mechanics. And they're all learning about larger scale electric vehicles together. And he's creating jobs that will stay in Victoria. That is the new clean energy economy. Now, John is not an impulsive, madcap kind of guy. He started our conversation by telling me how he's moving ahead cautiously by trying things out on a smaller project.
1: We're in the process of working on a mini-coach right now, a smaller type 24-passenger unit. And if all goes um, well in that project, then in uh, March we'll be starting um, uh, to work on uh, converting one of the vintage deckers to electric. From what we know, it's never been done before, um, so we're, we're going slow, we're cautiously optimistic, if you will, that hopefully you'll see these vintage de- double-deckers back on the road again in the next two to three years uh, fully converted to electric power.
0: You didn't have to do this, obviously. Why would you choose to enter that conversion project?
1: First and foremost, it intrigues me. I think it's the future. I think electric uh, is the future in transportation. That said, in commercial transportation, application is the key around electric. A commercial vehicle or bus in this case that's used in a regular um, applications such as the Gray Line hop-on hop-off service that we're talking about here in Victoria. That is an application where the bus is doing the same thing every day and with the proper locations f- and schedules for charging, whether that be in our yard or be on street side at, uh, uh, in downtown Victoria, that gives an application uh, that, that makes some sense for conversion. And uh, certainly in the downtown core where there's congestion in vehicles already, it, it would be great to uh, do our part to help uh, clean the air of, uh, of vehicle particulates that is uh, that is caused by our buses.
0: It's almost like you're addressing some sort of emotional need that we have by keeping these vintage buses and, and what seems familiar on the road.
1: Well, I, I think, um, you know, we call them vintage iconic double-decker buses and I they are iconic to the to the landscape of Victoria. I challenge you to go to any uh, postcard rack and uh, see not uh, not see a postcard with a, a double decker bus parked in front of the Empress Hotel. You know, it's part of our it's part of our character, the uh, the small England that we we try to uh, have a persona of here, and uh, we'd like to do our part to try to keep them involved in the landscape of the city. But we do know it's two thousand and seventeen now, and uh, expectation levels and, and times have changed around environmental concerns, and and uh, we have to do our part to uh, make that happen.
0: Are you getting incentives and assistance from levels of government to to make this happen?
1: I wish, <laughs> if you got if you have any roots to make that happen, I'd love that. Um, you know, it's always been a challenge, and you know, uh, you ask anybody, and I'm I'm not shy to say that. You know, I was born and raised here in Victoria. Uh, my parents have been here a long, long time. My children and, and my grandchildren will be born and raised here. They're all part of the family and part of the, uh, uh, the business as well. So you know, nobody, um, I get emotionally upset when people say the business or we don't care about Victoria. We care about Victoria as much as anybody, and we want to see it thrive and prosper for many years to come, both uh, for um, uh, the industry we're we're in, which is largely tourism, but also for the local residents as well. So that said, we've always been open and willing uh, to talk to anybody at any time about green initiatives and have tried many of them. But often, when these green initiatives are proposed and table, and we've been at boardroom tables or meetings around what we should do as an industry or we should do as a company, uh, there's lots of great ideas out there and wishes and wants, uh, but there's only one checkbook on the table and it's usually mine. Uh, so that said, I know the federal government and the provincial government do the best they can with, with uh, what we're trying to do in our economy and our budgets, but we really would like to see more grants, particularly around commercial transportation. Bus transportation as it sits today is already the greenest form of transportation in the world. It's better than planes, it's better than trains, it's better, better than automobiles. Um, we can carry 56, in these Decker's cases, up to 80 people at a time in one vehicle. Diesel or not, that's greener than anything you can think of. Putting aside the electric part of it. <laughs> so, um, we like to think of ourselves as part of the green movement already, trying to get people out of vehicles and using buses. You know, the risk and reward formula is all about, you know, uh, we're prepared to be part of the risk. Uh, and part of the reward, but we, we like to see other people in the game with us for sure.
0: You've spoken a lot today about about the risk and being at the table and so on. How would you summarize um, what you see as the return on the investment that you're making?
1: As, as far as a, as a, a, a great investment um, from strictly financial speaking, it isn't. It, it, it really, I think, but long term, it could it could be um, financially. But when you, when you combine it with the, uh, the community aspect of it um, and the fact that you know, we all have to feel that what we're doing is, is making a difference um, and being part of a, of, a, of a long-term solution, I think it's, it's a great return for, for what we're having to put forward.
0: So what would you advise other businesses who are looking at their businesses and thinking, should I make an investment in getting towards a clean energy economy?
1: Well I definitely recommend first of all, I recommend not getting in the bus industry <laughs> Second of all I you know it's you know it's all about the right thing to do. it's the right time it's it makes sense both from a financial and a business and a, both um, External and internal, because, you know, our team, we have 200-plus employees here. Our team's proud of being part of this. And uh, in today's world where there is a challenge around getting a staff and getting people to uh, Want to to work for your company? I I think being part of a uh, solution, uh, for the environment and and the future really intrigues people, and they want to be part of that. So externally, I I'm obviously as far as the community is concerned, you want your community to like your company, you want your community to support your company. There's no better way to do that than give back to your community. We've always tried to do that from a from a you know a corporate. Uh, uh, sponsorship and support level and now we're able to do that hopefully from an environmental level as well. Um, we have over 150 units on the road and we think we can make a big impact if if all goes well.
0: Thank you so much for taking time to talk to me today.
1: I appreciate that uh, you coming by to talk to me. Thank you.
0: To a bonus episode of Mission Transition Powering BC's Clean Energy Economy. I'm Susan Elrington with Sierra Club BC, and we're talking about Wilson Transportation's project to convert old double decker tourist buses to electric power. Andrew Wilson manages Wilson's fleet of buses, which includes school buses, short haul, and tourist buses. He's overseen the conversion project, and when we started talking, he described what he's working on. But as you'll hear later in our interview, he wasn't necessarily always on board with the project.
2: On the bus we're working on right now, we tear out the engine, transmission, uh, drive shaft, pretty much everything that, that runs the bus. Uh, with the mini coach that we're doing right now, it is uh, a newer style mini coach. So it has uh, computers and so on and so forth that we have to remove as well um, for the time being because the new systems that we will be putting in, we have to integrate um, into them uh, with stuff as, as far as uh, ABS, anti-lock brakes, air conditioning, power steering, so on and so forth. A uh, lot, of, lot of wiring that needs to go into these things, for sure.
0: Where did you go to decide how to build the, the right kind of electric engine for these coaches?
2: There's lots of technology out there. Um, you know, I think everybody's heard of the Tesla, right? And um, so there's there's lots of stuff that's been put into smaller applications. And that's what kind of makes what we're doing so cool, is we go to these manufacturers and people that have already done this on, on smaller vehicles and bikes and, you know, so on and so forth. But uh, when we go to tell them what we're using them for, they just... You know they they're excited with us, right? We use the technology that they're giving us, and a lot of our partners are a lot smarter than me, and they can do the they can crunch the numbers and make sure it works.
0: How do you make everything fit the right way? You're taking a bunch of stuff out and putting other stuff in, so how does everything fit properly? By hiring engineers, <laughs>
2: uh, we have brought on a couple engineers uh, as part of the project, and they do 3D drawings and so on and so forth. So. Uh, step number one is removing all the stuff we don't need. Step number two is ordering the stuff we do need, like the motor and the batteries, so on and so forth. And then we, we can make some models um, through the 3D uh, graphics and, and we can kind of see what we have to play with. Um, as far as weight distribution on the vehicle, you know, what's going to be safe, what's going to work, what's not going to work, you know, what's going to work for a long period of time, so we're not uh, continually repairing something.
0: How does it feel to be a pioneer? Uh,
2: That's what makes this project exciting. Um, When I first heard about it, you know, we got a lot, we got a lot going on here, so I'm I'm managing the, the fleet and, and the and the maintenance facility and for over 150 vehicles. I and mean, you know they brought this to my to my attention. I was kind of kind of stressed out about it, but you know when when you get into it and you get into the nuts and bolts of it and you realize like what we're gonna do is gonna be uh, very cool and we could you know be trendsetters and it, it is it is very cool in the first day when that article first came out in the first day i had five or six phone calls right off the bat and uh mainly people looking to purchase the older devil deckers that were retiring um but some people that are truly intrigued on on what we're doing and some some businesses out there that uh that you know are asking me are you guys willing to do this for us down the road which uh, is something you know, walk before you run, kind of thing. We want to make sure that our product is gets off the ground smoothly. And uh, for me, honestly, to see one of these vintage style double deckers um, go down the road with uh, as an electric would be would be a good day for me. Um, uh, it'd be a memorable day.
0: And what you just told me about people potentially buying your process here is exactly what we're talking about with a new economy, isn't it, where you didn't, it's, there is opportunity there that people wouldn't necessarily think about until they get into this.
2: Yeah, and I think, I think a lot of uh, people, you know, myself being a consumer as well, um, you kind of want to see things locally and firsthand to make sure that they work. And and uh, that, it's, that it's a good thing. I mean, you know, you, throughout mainstream media and online and blogs and so on and so forth, you hear the ups and the downs about Tesla and, and uh, the Volt and all that kind of stuff and, and the struggles to find places to plug in and, and the ups and the downs, but local smaller businesses that want to make an impact in the environment, I think they get excited when they hear a small, smaller business like ourselves is getting into something like this. And and when we when we first set out to do this, we, we approached other companies to, to kinda of do it for us and and it wasn't easy. It was not an easy process and, and that's why we got to this point. And we're very strong and confident that we can make this happen and, and we it's something we want for our community. And um, so we're gonna go ahead and do it.
0: It is something that when people see it happening, it does motivate and inspire them to think the same way themselves, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I think so. Um, I actually had a conversation just a little while ago with a gentleman that uh, he runs a super small business and he has one vehicle, but he wants to convert it to electric. And he, he even told me, he said, I've been looking at electric vehicles down in the States and uh, and i and i'm going to hold off on it until i see how your guys's product comes out um it, it's exciting for us i mean obviously there's a there's a a profit a profit opportunity there um which is you know something we never really even thought of and when we first started um but uh it's exciting to see other people excited about it um because i think it might have been something that got lost in in the whole double decker uh, fiasco, if you will, in the last five years. A lot of people uh, um, talk poorly about them with the emissions, and we got a lot of kickback. and And uh, we we truly care about this community, and we provided these double deckers to these commu- to this community because we felt that it it's an iconic part of our community, and to get that kind of kickback, it, it's kind of disheartening, but. You know, there's other ways to, to do it now, and, and uh, we're very excited to, to, to start this, and, and it's, it's a good feeling to know that people are, are standing behind us as we go.
0: Thank you so much for talking to me today.
2: You're very welcome. Thank you.
0: That was Andrew Wilson of Wilson's Transportation. You can find links to the company and more about this story on our website at sierraclub.bc.ca slash podcast. So what do you think of this project? Would you invest in a clean energy conversion without knowing the exact outcome? Let us know by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tag your comments at Sierra Club BC, and you could win a pair of Sierra Club BC earbuds. Thank you for listening to this bonus episode of Mission Transition, Powering BC's Clean Energy Economy. I'm Susan Eldridge.